Hello and welcome to Yumi and the Economy. Despite the festival season, unemployment has peaked in the country. Meanwhile, finance pundits are debating over the chances of global recession hitting India. In a bid to further its earning at the cost of the states, the center is planning to take over many of the state highways and convert them to national highways. My name is Kavita Kabir and here is your weekly roundup of economy and finance. Robust festive sales and increasing domestic demand have not resulted in creating more jobs. The country's unemployment rate shot up to 7.86% this month from 6.43% in September. This is the latest data from the Center for Monitoring Indian Economy. The spike was driven by rural unemployment, which is at 8.01%. Urban joblessness also remained high at 7.53%. The latest uptick in rural distress is in sharp contrast to the 5.84% rural unemployment rate in September, which was much lower than the previous month's 7.68%. Erratic rainfalls and tightening financial conditions have led to lesser economic activities which in turn affected rural employment prospects. The looming fears of a recession in the US market has created panic among the IT companies. As a safeguard against decreasing demand for new projects and a volatile future, they have frozen new hiring. The number of fresh formal jobs created in August dropped 7.1% from July levels. This is from the records of Employees Provident Fund Organization. As per its provisional payroll data, net job addition declined to 16.94 lakh in August from 18.2 lakh in July. Though India was never fully coupled with the global economy, it is not immune to the US or the global recession. America's share in India's merchandise exports had increased to 18.1% in financial year 2022 from 10.1% in financial year 2011. The rise of the US market share in India's export basket has obviously increased India's vulnerability to a recession in the US economy. A declining rupee is facing renewed pressure as the dollar continues to strengthen. Surging crude oil prices, expectations of continuing bank rate hikes in the US and the widening current account deficit are pushing the rupee to new lows. India's current account deficit will likely widen to a decadal high of 3.8% of GDP from 1.2% last year. In a developing country like India, a modest growth rate of even 5% will push millions into poverty. The irony is, such a growth rate still makes us the fastest growing economy. The Center for Financial Accountability, Focus on Global South and Economic Research Foundation are organizing a two-day conference on finance in India. The theme of the conference is the dynamics of the global recession, repercussions on India and the way forward. This will be held on 11th and 12th of November 2022 at the Institute of Social Sciences in New Delhi. There was a range of apprehensions around the public issue of shares of Life Insurance Corporation. It was feared that it would enhance the role of private investors in deciding the fate and character of LIC. The People's Commission on Public Sector and Public Services, in its statement on the LIC IPO, had stated that for the year 2020-21, the average premium on a policy sold by LIC was over rupees 16,000, while for the private sector, it was almost 89,000. The People's Commission on Public Sector and Public Services 
in its statement on the LIC IPO had stated that for the year 2020-21 the average premium on a policy sold by LIC was over rupees 16000 while for the private sector it is rupees 89000 this shows how LIC's social security cover came in handy for the low income households affected by the economic downturn whereas the private insurers shifted their coverage towards the more affluent sections it was feared that being largely profit driven the private investors can change the fundamental objectives of LIC including its outreach in rural areas and among the marginalized sections also the composition of policy holders may also shifts from being smaller policy holders to large depositors but no heed was paid and the government went ahead with the IPO and it seems the process of transforming LIC in the name of profitability has started the finance ministry in its latest performance review is trying to nudge the LIC to release its full growth potential and yield better returns for investors by tweaking its product strategy in order to maximize profitability from what it appears in the name of maximizing the returns for the investors they are being urged to offer lower dividend payout for policy holders the ministry of road transport and highways is planning to take over the state highways with high traffic density from the state governments for a period of 25 years and convert them into four or six lane highways The center will collect toll from these highways. Such a move from the center looks like another onslaught on federalism, like GST, as the toll collection from these state highways would shift from the states to the center. The Union Minister Nitin Gadkari emphasized that the financial markets need to come up with innovative models to fund India's infrastructure growth. and that investments are being invited in the ppp model the minister also stated that similar to the national water grid the center wants to develop a national highway grid it was also shared during this press conference that income from tolls is around rupees 40000 crores and it will rise to rupees 1 lakh 40000 crores by the end of 2024 The minister urged that investments in the infrastructure sector of the country will be risk-free and yield good returns and called for cooperation in the investment for infrastructure. The direction of investments in the infrastructure sector, especially in roads and highways, makes it look like that the PPP model will continue to flourish as the center wants more and more private players to drive up the investments. And while the center and private players join hand, the states will be left out in the cold in a landmark ruling with implications for multilateral development banks globally the supreme court of the philippines has rejected asian development banks claim to absolute immunity and has ordered its senior executives to stand trial on allegations of wrongdoing for the first time since the development banks founding in 1966 adb staff will be forced into local court and be held to account under Philippine law. The Supreme Court's groundbreaking decision reshapes the very doctrine of functional immunity for ADB and is expected to have repercussions on the claims to blanket immunity by similar international organizations and multilateral development banks worldwide. The case was filed for damages for libel and defamation by former senior ADB executive Matthew Westfall against eight senior staff. 
ADB has long argued that it operates above local laws and its staff even if in violation of the laws of the Philippines are immune from prosecution. This historic Supreme Court ruling comes on the heels of a shifting landscape on the issue of immunity for multilateral institutions shaped by the 2019 US Supreme Court ruling that rejected the claim by the International Finance Corporation, the World Bank's private sector arm, to absolute immunity from suit in the US. Together, these decisions by the top courts in the US and the Philippines have set precedents for more accountable and transparent international finance institutions, while reinforcing the fact that no one is above the law. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more news and analysis, go to our website www.senfa.org and keep listening to Yumi and the Economy.